So if there's anything we know about Vladimir Putin, he's a pretty secretive guy. Very rarely does he tip a, a hand or weigh in on generally controversial issues in in Russia. But he did so when he was asked about Paul Whelan and Evan Gershkovitz, saying that we want to reach an agreement, and these agreements must be mutually acceptable and must suit both parties, which isn't necessarily a surprise. But when you have somebody convicted in your country, uh, at least here in the United States, if you've gone through the proper channels and and prosecuted somebody, we think that you did something wrong. Now, mistakes are made, but we think you did something wrong. Very rarely do we say, well, but, you know, anything can happen. <laughs> so it, it is strange to me the way that was phrased. And look, we've heard Dmitry Peskov, the, the Kremlin spokesperson, and, and he has said many of the, the same issues that talks are ongoing and they would be they would be open to a prisoner swap. But very rarely do we hear Vladimir Putin weigh in on important issues like this one. David Whelan's the brother of Paul Whelan and joins us. David, it's good to have you back. Thanks, Chris. It's good to be here. Was it was it as shocking to you as it was to maybe some of us that Vladimir Putin weighed in on Paul's situation? A little bit. Uh, he was doing his uh, what used to be an annual uh, phone uh, call in sort of program, um, and he hasn't done it in a while because things haven't been going so great in his country. Uh, but he was doing it last night, and it's always a little bit of a mixed bag. I mean, because you've got citizens from all over the country calling in about, you know, the local gymnasium is broken and things like that. So I was, I mean, you never know what's going to be asked. So I was surprised that Paul, uh, Paul's freedom was uh, one of the questions that anybody was able to ask. How, how, um, how important do you think this is for, for, for your brother and, and his mental state? We We know that he's been critical of of the white house uh here here recently um hoping that maybe he would have been been traded for uh by now um how do you think your brother is doing what what are you hearing from from your parents in those conversations with him oh his morale is very low i think that, that uh we all were hoping that um an exchange would happen we know that the us government has been really doing what they can um, and, and so, it, you know, in a way, it was funny to hear Vladimir Putin say what he did, because although they're open to it, which, of course, they would be open to it, because that's the whole point of taking hostages in the first place, um, an offer that the U.S. government made to them last year for Paul, the Russians just sort of ignored. They never responded to. So in a way, it was almost good to get a response from the Russians, even though they rejected a second offer this year for Paul, um, because at least we know then, you know, that they are engaged and, and they may be considering things. And of course, with a rejection, then the U.S. government knows what not to offer the next time. Is that where you think the the comments of, you know, we we're speaking the same language and, and we have to make sure that a deal fits the Russian side? Is that where you think that comes from? Oh, for sure. Yeah. The uh, the Russian government is all about things being equal. And, uh, you know, if, if you push them, they're going to push you back. And um, I think that there's a huge amount of face that he could lose if there was a feeling that he um, let American citizens go, which are probably his most valuable hostages, and uh, and didn't get something valuable in return. And I think that the, the challenge really is, that, you know, how to satisfy 
both President Putin and, and the person that he has identified in his uh, in the Kremlin who is handling these exchange discussions, two of which, of course, were successful with um, Trevor Reed and Brittany Griner, and at least two or three offers have been made that weren't weren't successful. So, um, you know, there have been these discussions for since 2021, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, they just haven't led to uh, Paul's freedom yet. Is there a sense that where they are on on these negotiations, where um, what pieces may be up? Is, is there any sense from your family that you're getting that that uh, obviously this is still ongoing uh, and it is top of mind for them? But is there is there any sense where they're at with this? There isn't. I think one of the really remarkable things um, is that people from the State Department speak to Paul as often as they can. Um, and whether it's uh, people speaking sort of through the U.S. Embassy or calling him directly at, at the prison in Mordovia, they try to keep him as up to date as they can because they know that it eats away at his morale to, to only be hearing the Russian side of all of these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, so, you know, we've been really thankful that they've been as clear as they can with him and with us about uh, what they can share and what they can't. But really, I think John Kirby said it best. He's the uh, spokesperson for the National Security Council, and he was uh, on a, uh, a plane over the last weekend, I think it was. And uh, he said, you know, we're really back to the blackboard at coming up, you know, what's the next concession we can make in order to bring Paul and bring Mr. Gershkovich home. And, and I think that that's where they are right now. It's, it's essentially they're back at square one. How How big of an impact or factor do you believe the United States' role with Ukraine and and their willingness to uh, supply money for munitions, for uh, for weapons to use against Russian soldiers in that conflict in, in Ukraine. How, how big of an impact do you think those moves by the United States, certainly the sanctions, are uh, in these negotiations for your brother? Probably not very significant at all. I think that the... Uh, the Kremlin, the Russian government, is a very complicated criminal uh, organization, and so they are used to running a lot of scams and a lot of you know things going on at the same time. And so I don't know that they would necessarily view Paul's being held hostage um, as being related to anything else. Um, and so th- they will be happy to make a deal for Paul so long as whatever they get in exchange for Paul is valuable to them. Um, and and it, regardless of whether they're at war with somebody or at war with somebody's ally, I don't think any of that makes a difference. Does your, does, do, do you and your family um, maintain hope that, that a deal will get done? Um, uh, uh, obviously before his 16 year sentence, but is there, is there still uh, hope there on your family's behalf that, that there's going to get a, a deal done? I think that there was a, a little bit of hope. There's not a lot of hope. Um, I, I think we knew that when uh, first uh, Konstantin Yaroshenko and then Victor Boot were both sent back to Russia, um, that the U.S. really was didn't have a lot of concessions to give up. Uh, and I think that that's where we're at the point now, which is really um, they're still trying to find concessions to make to Russia that Russia will accept that, that whole uh, equivalency so that Russia gets something that's um, valuable to it. And, uh, and and they're really just, I mean, realistically, there just aren't a lot of concessions that can be made. And so, unfortunately, um, while we remain hopeful because we can see that the U.S. government is, is literally working on this every day, um, at the same time, that doesn't mean that success is necessarily foregone conclusion. You mentioned the concessions that the United States can or, or cannot make. Do you think that a deal for Paul would include... Um, a Russian prisoner or, or some, or, or can it be other factors? Can it be 
um, can it can it come in the way of of economics or uh, or anything like that? Does it have to be a person for person swap or, or, or is there room, do you think, for other avenues to get Paul home? I think other hostage takers uh, like Iran, like Venezuela, um, like Myanmar, have been much more flexible about what they're willing to extort from the United States. Um, so, you know, Danny Foster, uh, Fenster came home um, from uh, Myanmar, uh, and yeah. I think that there was money exchanged there. Iran, <clears throat> Americans came out, and there was, you know, sort of a uh, mm-hmm. money avail- made available there. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the Russians, I have never seen anything except people, um, whether mm-hmm. it's uh, Americans, uh, Trevor Reed and Brittany Griner, or whether it was Frode Berg from Norway, or, you know, other people that the um, the uh, the Russians have released. It's always involved uh, another human being coming back. And to your estimation, where does the United States sit on potential humans to to deal in the trade like this? Well, I mean, even the Russians have said there are hundreds of Russians serving long sentences in the Federal Bureau of Prisons. So there really are a number of people if the Russian government cared about them. Um, there's the son of a, 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 a um, state government representative is in um, prison in the United States. They're all, I mean, there really are plenty if the Russian government were motivated to consider them. And at this point, whoever is managing the discussions from the Russian side has, has decided yeah. that essentially all of the Russians in the US, uh, um, facilities are not people that they're that bothered about getting home. Hmm. Uh, David Whelan, thanks again for your time as always. Uh, appreciate uh, you shedding some light on this. And uh, we continue to hope for the release of your brother very soon. Thanks so much, Chris. It was good talking to you again. Yep, you got it. Got to take a break. More next on JR Afternoon.